Welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford. I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. If you're not familiar with the Inside Scoop, it's a podcast dedicated to helping parents learn about the soccer pathways that would be available to their child if they lived in another city around the world. And this show is brought to you by Anytime Soccer Training. Anytime Soccer Training is a groundbreaking online um, application that has really changed the game in online soccer training. And why am I saying that? Is because it's the only online training app with well over 5,000 training videos that follow a systematic and logical progression. And what this means from your, for your child is every video is around five minutes. We introduce one move at a time. So they really get to practice that move before we add it on to other things. The coach can create teams and they can see that the kids are doing it. Parents have the peace of mind of stopping searching all these for all this stuff on the internet. It's in one spot. It's very affordable. It's free to join, free forever um, for certain content, and it covers everything. And so what that looks like on the ground is uh, with my sons, they can do a 30-minute training session with me. I'm not thinking about any what they're going to do because they're following a curriculum. And in that 30 minutes, they're going to do a juggling or aerial control video. They're going to do um, ball mastery. Then they're going to do dribbling. Then they're going to do passing and receiving. And then they're going to do 1v1. And then they're going to do finishing. And, you know, we add our own little twist to each, each concept if I need to, each video if I need to give some instructions. But the bottom line is the, the framework is there and they just need to follow it. And we use a Bluetooth speaker. So it's almost like we're having an assistant coach who's with us um, throughout the entire process. They get four to five times more touches because, again, we're not focused on giving them a lot of instruction because, remember, it's one move per video. So if they don't understand it at first, they're going to understand it by the time they finish the five minutes. And then when it builds on it, they already have practiced that move so many times. And they have become or becoming masterful on the ball. I can't say enough about it. And I'm not trying to sell anybody something that they don't want. I'm trying to help someone who used to do what I, who is doing what I used to do, which is go on YouTube and try to find this stuff. Okay. You can still do that if that's what you want to do, but add this to your arsenal, right? Um, There's nothing wrong with having more than one, one tool in the toolbox. So check out anytime-soccer.com to learn more about what we do. Join the mailing list, join the application. We'll send you more information like this. And now we're going to get onto the show. And this is going to be a very quick show. It's really off the top of my head. And it's in response to a question that I received. So I haven't prepared a lot of notes. Why? Because it's personal to me. I'm just going to share my experience, how I think about it, and hopefully it can help someone. And also, you can guys can now share it on the Facebook group. You can give me feedback, and I learn from the discussion as well. Because even though I am the self-appointed, maybe we'll have an election next year. I am the self-appointed uh, mayor of parent trainer. Um, I am building a plane as I'm flying it, and I told one of my friends who actually asked this question. It's not that I'm wiser or any or more reflective than you are. I just started this journey. I'm just on the highway. I'm just a couple of exits ahead of you. So I'm able to tell you um, what I'm seeing before you get to that same exit. And that's all I'm trying to do. All right. And with and then in that vein, in one of the earlier podcasts, I explained that there's there's two broad kind of um uh, parents, soccer parents. There's soccer parents 
of uh, who don't do anything with their kids. They're just a general. No, no, no. I'm sorry. There's the there's the large sphere of soccer parents, right? You are a parent who has a child um, playing the sport of soccer, right? And that's all of us. But then within that sphere, there's another sphere of parents that I call parent trainers. Now, again, parent trainers tend to work with their child, but they don't necessarily have to, but they have a certain way of thinking. They're rational, logical, practical people who are looking at this thing saying, wait a minute, if my child, if I, if I want my child to reach their full potential and my child wants to reach their full potential, we need to, we need to do something during that 98% of the time that we're not with the team to help them in that goal. And we may differ on what that is, but we know that uh, we probably need to be involved in some capacity. Most of us choose to help supplement their tra our children's training once we come to that realization. Some of us don't, but when we don't, we don't come up with these weird esoteric arguments as to how the child is going to reach, uh, be at the same level as a parent, as a child whose parent is supporting. Just like, you know, if I, if I help my five, if I read to my five-year-old every day and take them to the museum and expose them to uh, technology and use big words around them and then start read, helping him read and learn how to read. He's probably going to be pretty advanced by the time he gets to kindergarten compared to the child who does none of that stuff, right? So parent trainers don't really entertain that argument. Now, that doesn't mean my child is going to be Einstein or going to go to Harvard. It just means that they're going to step into kindergarten well-prepared, confident, one of the better students. So parent trainers don't entertain, don't go down that rabbit hole. I go down that rabbit hole with people in defense for uh, advocating for parent trainers. But the average parent trainer just says, hey, do what you got to do. But I know what I'm doing is working. But even once we just, once we understand that what we're doing is working, we still have a lot of questions. And because the content and the education that is normally produced is either produced for the coach or the or the parent and the assumption is that parent is not in the trenches with their child a lot of it is not nuanced or specific enough for us and again what i want to do is offer a, another voice a platform for folks to get some of these questions answers but answered but i can't answer them in an authoritative manner because it's not so simple and even if it, even if I knew the exact right answer your situation is going to be totally different so all i could do is be as crystal clear as I can uh, about what I do and then you guys and what I believe and what I would do and then you guys go from there and that's what we're going to do today so now today I don't know if I said this but we're going to talk about that um proverbial car ride home so one of the listeners sent in a question asking hey how do you deal with the car ride home and uh his point was very you know very rational very reasonable hey the time after the game is the time you're going to remember what we're talking about. Any every every second or every second we go from the time of the action that we want to fix uh, is one additional second that you could forget it. In other words, let's talk about this thing right now because it's the clearest in your mind. But the problem is, for most people, um, especially after a game, children, they don't want to receive that sort of feedback at that point. So then how do you, how do you deal with that? And that, that, that's the question. So let me begin by saying I made those same mistakes, right? So I used to give my children when I started my older one advice after the game, blah, blah, blah. 
And one of the reasons I started this podcast, one of the reasons I started the program is because either verbally, non-verbally or a combination of both, my son said, hey, dad, this ain't going to work, right? You, 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 you can't, we, that, we cannot have this type of, this, this behavior that you're doing is not, not sustainable. Now, he was young, so he didn't, probably didn't verbally articulate it to me in that way, even though one time he did tell me, stop, <laughs> he did start telling me, hey, you need to be quiet on the sidelines, but he didn't verbally just say, hey, this is the deal, but you can tell by nonverbal cues, and I was, and I, and, and for whatever reason, I was reflective enough on my own behaviors and how I impacted him to say, all right, I got to come up with different strategies. But I want to begin by saying, I understand exactly where you're at. And what even frustrated me even more, I guess you'd say here, to the extent you could be frustrated for in an eight-year-old soccer game is, I didn't know the game. I didn't know soccer. You know, I, I didn't touch a soccer ball until my boys were born. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry. I didn't touch a soccer ball until they were born. Yeah. And I only started really getting into it. I did get into it before they were born, but that was only because I lived in England and I didn't know nothing about youth soccer. And the things I was seeing that they, they needed to fix to me was just straight up basic. I'm not talking about abstract, you know, long term. I'm talking about, bro, come on, man. You, you know, you've been making the same mistake, <laughs> you know, for six months. Come on now. Like that kind of stuff. Uh, an example could be um, he used to play on the wing and he would get the ball and he would just go as far as he can until he ran out of bounds or something, something like that. And I'm like, man, look now, you know, no, now you've been doing this for, for three months and no one's saying anything. So I, I think I have to tell you something. And that's when I came up with this little algorithm that says you get the ball wide, you got to, uh, you know, your job is to get it to the middle, depending on the part of your field, it, field you're on. If you get the ball in the middle, your job is to get it get it wide and getting it to the middle when you play wing when you're in your final third it's the same as a cross that kind of stuff and just slowly introducing triangles and stuff like that and I felt like they should have been learning that but they were not at the club he was at but in retrospect it might have been part of their philosophy right so that's why I'm saying I don't want to be overcritical all right, so we've established that I used to make this mistake and I didn't, I don't anymore. So that means I had to change what I did. I had to change my approach. And how, what did I, you know, how did I uh, change my approach? Well, the first thing is I did all the research about the proverbial car ride home and I didn't accept any of it for all practical purposes. None of it really resonated with me for all practical purposes, except the part about your child doesn't want to hear this stuff as soon as they get out of the car, into the car. That part did resonate, re resonate with me. And you might say, well, why doesn't it resonate with me? Because they only approach it from a moral perspective, an ethical perspective, but they don't look at both sides of the ledger. See, when, when, there are ethical choices you make that have pros and cons and people talk about it from that framework. But oftentimes there are um, people frame things in an ethical or moral, they use an ethical or moral framework. And they don't really, because of, and once they, once they frame it in ethical terms, that doesn't leave a lot of room for you to talk about pros and cons and doesn't leave a lot of room for you to ask um, probing questions or dig deeper because then you're digging deeper into a moral 
question. So an example, an extreme example would be, <laughs> uh, I think uh, I'm all, I'm laughing because I'm thinking about Chris Rock jokes, but an example might be, hey, you should, you should never really slap your wife. <laughs> and then Chris Rock might say something like, well, no, 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 that's not Chris Rock, even though he does it. I think it was uh, Daniel Tosh did something to the effect of, He's a comedian too. You should never like slap your wife or something. And so, even if you come home and she's about to kill your kids, like, so it's always a question you can ask. And I was probably always that kid in the back of the class saying, wait a minute, teacher, but what if this happens? And so, so I always leave saying, you know, there's gotta be, a, you have to talk about these things. You, you, you can use an ethical framework, but you also have to have a parallel framework that's not ethical, just practical, just rational pros and cons and that's kind of what i want to do today and i don't know if that made any sense but that's that's the that's the first part so now let's go on to the to the next thing i did with my older son especially i haven't necessarily done it with my younger son but i will very soon the first thing i did with my older son is i asked him hey how do you want to receive feedback from me and you know how do you want to see it? Receive it. When do you want to see it? Receive it. How do you want to receive it? You know, let me know. How much do you want to receive? When is the time for me to give you feedback? Right. And remember, um, and I don't know if I said this clearly, I explained to my son that I'm a reasonable and rational person. All right. So it's within that reasonable and rational context did I ask this question? And you might say, what do you mean by reasonable and rational? Well, I explained to my son, hey, I'm sitting here and I'm watching you play these games. And, and you are the most important person, one of the most important people in the world to me. And you're definitely the most important person on that soccer field. And I'm watching you. I enjoy to watch you play, but I am watching you. And I'm watching you closer than anybody else on in that soccer complex i am watching you and not only am i watching you doing that game i'm watching you at training and then i'm watching you at every game i'm watching you every almost every game of your life so i now have observations and i have a unique advantage to give you some specific feedback that only someone who watches you like that can right and you would be, we would miss a golden opportunity if you did not receive this feedback. So now the question becomes, how do you receive this benefit in a way that preserves our relationship, doesn't do any harm, right? So you tell me, how do you want it? Do you want it once a month? <laughs> do you want me to send you a seven-page letter? How do you want to receive this feedback? Let's talk about it. And then I'll talk about what we kind of settled on when we got there. But that's the first thing. You have to frame it. And then you might say, well, the problem is not, and this is what people will say, the problem is not the feedback. The problem is just coming from, from you, Dad. And again, real talk, Neil, this is me. Guess what, buddy? I get feedback from people all the time that I don't want to listen to. I got on a younger brother. He always calling me, lecturing me. When, when you was born, I'm printing, I'm talking to my son. My mama called me. I'm grown. Do this. Do that. You got to do this. You got to do that. I get feedback. My wife, feedback all the time. I get feedback all the time from people who are in my family that I don't want to hear what they got to say. But guess what? 
at a minimum, I gotta pretend like I'm in, like I um like I care. That's a minimum. But what I try to do is remove our personal relationship from the equation for a second. Just listen to what they say and try to apply whatever it is I think I can and ignore the rest. And that's what I'm recommending for you to do. And again, like I'm talking to my son. So your dad might tell you something. You're going to be like, man, I don't want to hear this. But you better act like you want to hear it. And then just apply what you can. Right. So 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 I don't want to I don't I don't really get into this thing about there's some there is a precarious parent child relationship and that needs to be addressed. But what I was very clear with my sons on is, you know, at the end of the day, I'm 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 a rational, intelligent person that's watching you play a nine year old, a bunch of nine year olds play soccer and. I can have some insight that I can share with you because I'm grown that can help you. And we need to figure out a way for me to give you this information in a way that doesn't cause you uh, a lot of distress or pressure or whatever it is, right? And the jury's still out. I don't know. Maybe he went, maybe when he gets 20, he's going to say, dad, that's the thing I hated about it. That's the thing I hated about my soccer experiences. You gave me this feedback. I wish you wouldn't have done that. And then you guys, I'll be on the podcast and I'll better say to the next generation, that was one of the biggest mistakes I made. And I wish I didn't do that because I got feedback from my son when he became an adult. Right. But at 13, it doesn't seem to be bothering him right now. So that's just to be clear about that. All right. So now that we've established that we're right, this is not a, there are ethical components to this, but this is not an ethical um, conversation, right? We've established that there's probably um, some benefits from an adult who watches a child 24-7 to get some constructive, positive, negative feedback. And we've established that if you are going to give someone feedback, just like in your, in your place of employment, you probably should ex- to establish some norms about how that feedback is going to be delivered and how that feedback is going to be received that worked for my sons. So the next thing we have to understand is, is this feedback going to be effective? So I always joke with my older son. <laughs> I always joke with him. If telling you something worked, if I if, if just, hey, man, you need to play defense harder. If that worked, no manager in the world would ever get fired and every professional would be an MVP. It don't work. I wish it did. You go look at the NFL sidelines. They got uh, blue, those blue Microsoft tablets telling these guys what to do. If telling you what to do worked, you know, we wouldn't have, everybody would be, you know, great athletes. It's got to be more than that, right? So that I haven't done the podcast on uh, the sideline behavior, but that's why I don't bother t- talking to my son enduring games because that doesn't work and so you might say well no wait a minute wait a minute Neil wait a minute um I tell my son to get wide and he gets wide obviously it's working well I kind of think about it I don't know if I'm going to lose my train of thought here I kind of think about it like um a a prescription right you suffer from a long-term lifestyle ill illness or you you suffer from a ill a long-term illness maybe you got high blood pressure and it's because of your lifestyle right maybe you eat too much fried foods too many high calorie foods you know junk food that kind of thing 
And then someone said, and then someone says, well, but if your blood pressure starts to spike, you can take this um, medicine and it's going to bring it down. There is going to be an immediate impact, right? If you give somebody some blood pressure medicine, their blood pressure, blood pressure is going to go down immediately. But eventually it's going to go right back up. And um, and if they haven't changed their lifestyle, you're not really solving the problem. So you are correct in that you can uh, remind somebody of something and they can make an immediate change. But long-term, if they're not becoming an intelligent player, long-term, if they're not understanding why they need to do it, long-term, if it's not part of a holistic uh, plan of development, it's probably not going to um, have the impact that you think that you think is having just because you see some immediate change. So we talked about, you know, telling somebody something during the game is probably not going to be a big deal. Telling somebody something, um, you know, in the car, I don't care when you tell them. If I there is no time to tell them and it's going to be effective because if that was the case, you know, all the professionals would be, uh, would be superstar. So that's probably not effective. So then the question becomes, well, how do you, because what we're really talking about is helping them internalize a concept that then leads to increased performance, right? And we're also talking to, talking about how do you help them develop a mindset that says, I'm, I'm willing to accept feedback regardless of the source, right? So those are the two things I, I really wanted to get, get across today. So then it says, well, so then I go on to, well, if I am going to give them feedback, how am I going to do that? Well, the first thing I did, again, I told you I asked them what they wanted, how they wanted to receive it. Well, well, the next thing is I prioritize because I am a parent and I don't want to micromanage them. I prioritize what feedback I was going to give them, right? Because I'm paying for coaches. Coaches are constantly giving them feedback. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot going on. So I would prioritize. I would say, look, to myself anyways, what are the big rocks? What are the big things? If they get this, this stuff right, we'll have the biggest, biggest impact. So far, and then I turn those into uh, seasonal themes, right? So we do a couple of themes a year. So for example, my theme for my younger son right now is um, use his right foot. That's it. If he gets feedback from me, that is the only feedback he's going to get from me this season. Yeah, that's it. Use your right foot. And then I'm going to get into the training piece, but that's the only feedback here. I don't give a feedback on work rate. He's not getting feedback on making these passes. He's not getting feedback on position. Use your right foot, period. That's the it. That's it. And then we have a strategy for that. For my older son, um, his is be unpredictable see my older son technical extremely intelligent soccer player i don't know about life <laughs> soccer player you know all that stuff because we've been working on it his work rate is up because the club does that kind of stuff you know be unpredictable that do you have to be thinking to yourself i gotta do something that um no one's expecting so we work on that okay so those are the only two things that that my sons have this year. Before that, my um, uh, older son, especially when he was at a, a, another club, I think we worked on like work rate and then like switching the field, like just broad concepts, okay? Because that's about all they can handle from me. All right. So the, and I'm talking once a season, and I'm I'm not exaggerating that either. The only thing I talk to my 
older, younger son about as it relates to his games, not in general working, you know, concepts. But if if I want to give him feedback on a game, it's right foot. That's it. Okay, he's left footed, by the way. All right. So now the first thing is I prioritize. I have some big building blocks. So I've I have told them, asked them how they want to receive the feedback. Then I prioritize what feedback I'm going to give them, and I share those things with themes with them. The next thing is I don't say tell my sons to do anything that I can't measure. Got to measure it. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to measure it all the time, but I can tell them that even hypothetically, if I were going to measure it, then uh, you know what would be the measurement? So if I wanted you to work harder, it could be how many times you touch the ball or how many takeaways you get or something like that. In the case of my son using his right foot, this is obvious. How many times you touch the ball with your right foot? But more importantly, with my younger son, if I was going to do that, it would be how many times did you beat a man? Because a lot of times he plays on the white ring, right wing. How many times did you beat uh, your defender on their left, off their left shoulder? Or how many right-footed crosses did you get into the box? All of that kind of stuff, anything dealing with the right foot, that's what I'm not saying that's what I would do. I do because I don't do that with him. But if but I will explain to him, this is how people measure this. And this is some of the stuff you need to think about. And when my younger son, older son, if I want him to be unpredictable, it's in the training environment. It's um, you really unless you just straight up got tons of space, you really shouldn't be taking more than three dribbles without changing direction or stopping. It's very rare in, in the middle of the field that you're going to take three more than three dribbles and not change direction or stop, that kind of thing. So that's kind of what we work on. So, which is a good segue into the next point. I practice it. I don't tell them nothing that we haven't been practicing, right? So I'm only reminding you of what we've been practicing and I'm constantly practicing it, as you can imagine. And the same thing goes with, should be going with you. I mean, you you know, I mean, how is somebody ever going to incorporate what you're trying to get them to do uh, if they're not practicing it, right? And if you are practicing it individually and it's some kind of team thing you want them to understand in terms of movement, you still can practice that stuff. But yeah, you will have to then set some stuff up to help them understand that. So an example would be if you go old school with my older son, he didn't understand where he should be at on the soccer field. So yeah, we would go on the field based on where the ball is. We would go on the field because again, his old club, for whatever reason, they just didn't teach any of this stuff. So we would go on the field, soccer field, just him and me. I had a football soccer ball in my hand. I would go to one side and then I would say, okay, I'm standing here. Where should you roughly be if you're on defense? Where should you roughly be if you're on offense? He would move there. Then I would jog to the other side. Then I would jog forward and then I would jog back. So yeah, I had to teach them these concepts, right? And you might say, well, Neil, how do you measure that? Well, I explained to him, like, uh, you have an original position. So if you are a midfielder, there's some place that they want you to start off at. And in that original position, you can think of it as a box. And that box has a defensive uh, portion of the box, an offensive portion of the box, and uh, left and right side of the box, right? Basically. 
And so you always got to be moving to one of in the direction of one of those, right? You until you get to that part of the box. So if you if your if your team if your team loses possession, you got to get back to the defensive part of the midfield box at a minimum. I should see you working to get there. Once you get there, you can relax. And when out of possession, you're at a minimum, you working with the ball. I mean, you're working with your teammates who have the ball, obviously. But I'm saying you are going up towards the offensive part of that box, which all kids don't have a problem with that. And the same thing with left and right. You are con- There's a part that you always got to be drifting towards that part. I should never see you stopping and watching. You are always at a minimum getting to your original position. And then based on what side of the pitches you're on, there's a part of that box that you need to be moving, shifting towards. Basically, that's basically what I would, how I explained it to him. But the bottom line is you got to practice it a lot. So, so I'm not just pulling out of my hat that my oldest, younger son should use his right foot. Like we're constantly, constantly practicing. I use anytime soccer training because every video has a, dom- uh, a specific video for each foot. You can use what you want. But the bottom line is I, use, I built the technology in that way so that me as dad and not am not getting on my son's last nerves, constantly telling him to use his right foot. The finishing video says use your right foot only. That's what he got to do. All right. The next thing is, especially when they get older, anything 13 and older, you really need to introduce film. Now, I have this special promotion thing link that I'm going to include in the show notes uh, with TraceUp. I love the TraceUp app. I love the TraceUp program. They dropped the price to $500 for individuals, $19.99 for a subscription. The video is beautiful. Uh, the videos are beautiful. The content is beautiful. It does all the highlights. My boys love watching it. I've posted this stuff on Facebook and I got, I, I reached out to them because I was going to go with another company. I reached out to them. They told me about this new promo. You don't have to wear any tracers. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And I'll share a link with you, but I don't, I don't get paid for it. Not, not anything material. So do what you got to do. Right. But I do enjoy the, using the trace uh, app. I'm going to put that in the show notes. But the point is, I don't tell my boys nothing once they get about my older son's age that I can't show them and feel. And if I if, if I don't have the time or the energy to watch the film and find that spot thing that I'm trying to show them, then it ain't worth me telling them, right? And you're going to find when you watch film of your kid's game, all this stuff you thought you was going to tell them, and I'm telling you that to say that's what happens to me, you're going to quickly see that the scenario is a little different than you remembered it, right? And you're going to probably identify with the decisions they made more than you would have if you remember it. Because here's another thing, the vantage point that you have on the sidelines is different than the vantage point that the player actually has. And you have to keep that in mind. We'll talk about that in another show. So I don't really, if I can't show you in film, and then I, it's not, if I'm not going to take the time to show you in film, more than likely, I shouldn't be taking the time to give you some this unsolicited advice. And that's what it is. Now, remember, your child is not asking you for this advice. This is unsolicited feedback. All right. Now, um, let me give you an honorable mention. And honorable mention, and then I'll wrap this up. Honorable mention is you need to educate yourself now. Now, now. Some of this stuff is common sense, contrary to what many of our coaches would try to tell us. A lot of it is common sense. If you play the sport, you know, it's a lot of it is common sense. But 
but, and this is a huge but, the majority of the stuff I hear parents, overhear parents saying on the sidelines is either wrong or not useful or not helpful or just unnecessary or just not thoughtful. And so most of that stuff is just ridiculous. You shouldn't deal with it. So for example, stay in front of him or <laughs> don't let him get the ball. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you think if, if that actually worked, you think, Le, you know, LeBron James would have scored the broken the scoring record. You don't think anybody's trying to stay in front of him. So none of that stuff makes any sense. But if you are one of the few, the brow, the proud and the brave that's listening to this podcast, that means you already separated yourself from, you're like the Marine Corps. No, you're not even the Marine Corps. You're like the special forces of parents. Like you're so rare. So if you found this podcast, more than likely you are insightful enough to either know, hey, I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm going to research this thing. Or no, 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 I, I, I kind of have a strong view on this. I think I understand it. And I think this can help my child. But if you're, but if you don't know what you're talking about, you have to educate yourself. That's what I did. That's how all this came about. I didn't, you know, I, on Facebook, all these kind of, I sound opinionated, but really uh, it's just 10 years of research. And now I'm just sharing with folks to try to improve this stuff that I know works. It may not work for you, but I know it works for someone. So educate yourself. And then another honorable mention is for the most part, Many coaches will tell you, and I don't want to offend my coaches. I actually want to sell to my coaches, but hey, take this for what it's worth. <laughs> the reason you don't know, shouldn't be telling your kid this is you go give them information that's opposite of what they're trying to do. Blah 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 blah. Listen, I, I I hate saying this because I'm supposed to be in sales. I want you to like me, and so if if you liking me is a prerequisite for you using any type of soccer training, please don't listen to any of these shows and don't join the Facebook group. But um, but no, no, soccer is not that complicated, right? Now, I'm, we're talking 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. It ain't that complicated. If you you can look and see your child ain't working. You can look and see your child. Every time your child gets the ball, they're losing it. You can look and see that your child is trying to do the, the hardest thing possible instead of making the simple pass. I don't know. You can look and see for me, my child is using his left foot all the time, going all the way across the left side of the field instead of taking the space in the right on the right simply because he can't use his right foot. I don't need a PhD in soccer to figure that one out, okay? We're not talking about esoteric, you know, the, we're not pep dividing the field up into 21 specific areas. No, no, no. This is just basic, basic tips from an adult who is watching children every day right if, if you if i go to a, a school i don't need a, a master's in education if i'm sitting there watching the class every day i'm gonna observe some stuff and i'm gonna be able to have some feedback it's no different than this and we just have to care we just have to care for, uh be very mindful on how we how we execute that so now let me summarize this full circle before i hop because i gotta go to my son's game i don't know if this was succinct enough for you guys but hey i gotta let it i gotta roll with it do the best i can so again the first thing is i'm reasonable i try to raise my sons to be reasonable and we are who we are we are where we are right my parents did things i didn't like <laughs> a lot of things and i'm gonna do some things you didn't like you don't like and you just that is just it is what it is all right and if that causes you to 
drop out of soccer, then I'm sorry. But no, I'm sorry. All right. So that's the next, that's the first thing. I'm a reasonable person. So because I'm reasonable, how do you want to get, how do you want to receive feedback? Right. I see that you, I'm, again, I'm pretending to talk to my younger son, that you only using your left foot. How do you want me to tell you that you need to use both feet? And however that is, I'm willing to accommodate. I can send you smoke signals. <laughs> I can send you an email. We open up an email account. I'll send it to you. I get a bullhorn. I can tell you during the game if that's what you want to do, if that's what you want. I can tell you in the car ride home. I can tell you in the practice field. You tell me how you want to have this conversation and I'm and I will accommodate. And what we have settled on is we're going to work on broad themes and then under, underlining those themes is going to be a strategy to help you improve in that area. Okay. I don't place a moral, I don't look at this stuff from an ethical perspective. I'm sitting there watching you. I'm an intelligent person. I give feedback every day to people. I receive feedback every day. You should be no different. Yes, I'm your father. Let's go ahead and deal with this now. I'm not going to micromanage you. I'm not going to get upset about it. I'm going to limit the scope to the things that are most important. That's the prioritization. And take what you want to take away from it and ignore the rest. Deal with it. You're going to get married one day. You're going to get a lot, a lot of feedback you don't like to hear. And your mom and me are going to give you feedback all the time you don't want to hear. Your brother going to give you feedback you don't want to hear. It's part of life. Go ahead and get used to it. <laughs> so that's the next thing I say. Then uh, finally, I don't explain. I don't do anything and I don't explain to them in detail and I use a measurable component. Either I measure it for them if they're open for that. I did that with my older son. I don't really do it with my younger son, but I at least explain to them how it would be measured and what success looks like. Then we practice it. I don't tell them nothing that I'm not willing to practice with them every day. So when I tell them something, it's I'm only reminding them what we've been practicing. And I don't mean practicing a couple of times. I'm talking about we've been practicing this all year because that's what it takes, right? And then I don't tell them nothing that I'm not willing to show them on film. I use TraceUp. You use what you want. You know, you use your phone. But the bottom line is you need to film the whole game and film every the whole context. You need to watch that film or find that moment. And you need to be able to say, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm talking about. And bonus tip, if you don't want to go there with their specific game, which I completely understand, I watch professional games. And then whatever mistake they make, if it's similar to um, the mistake that my, I want my sons to fix, I watch the professional game. And then that's how we um, that's how we we fix it. So, for example, I'm a Manchester United fan. And what's that guy's name? Anthony. I think it's Anthony. I think it's Anthony. He only uses his left foot. So me and my sons and my sons and I, we will we'll joke a lot about Anthony. It's in a you know non-confrontational way, constant, constant. And now my... <laughs> My older, younger son, because he's a character, he'll be like, um, see, that's why he need to use his right foot. I'm like, yeah. So so now he's internalized this and he's trying to do the best he can. But remember, we're practicing this already. So he's getting stronger with his right foot. An honorable mention is educate yourself. I mean, you know, if you are a moron, then you don't want to be giving feedback to your kid. Just yield it to the coach. But if you out there doing the research and you observing and you watching, you tweaking, you found something like this, you calling people, you asking then yeah, you can have some insight that could be helpful. Stay in front of him. Um, get it out of there. Uh, you know, y'all got to play harder. That stuff don't work. So if that's what you're doing, then no, stop, just stop. But if, hey, 
this year we're going to work on being two-footed and this is what it takes and the reason we want to be two-footed is because when you get older the defenders are going to understand you're left-footed and you want to at least be able to use your right foot to get out of certain situations having said that the you're using your right foot mainly to set up your left foot so and so what we're going to do is we're going to work in the backyard on using your right foot to set that left foot up because you're deadly from the left. See, see, you can have that conversation. All right. And then finally, no, no, unless you're a moron, if you listen to this, you're probably not telling the kids something that's opposite uh, from what the coach is telling them. You could be. I don't know for a fact. That was never the case with me. Um, it was just telling them things that was being omitted or at least I felt was being omitted and now my older son is at the point where he's on autopilot guys I hope this made sense I hope I didn't make any enemies but I'm actually really talking to uh, just a few specific people and I want everybody else to just to listen along and um yeah Neil Crawford founder of Anytime Soccer Training let's get better together